0: Today on the Scott Radley show on 900 CHML.
1: For years now, council has talked, councils have talked about a stormwater tax, which is essentially if you have land that doesn't have easy access or storm sewers or easy in, um, where the water can't go anywhere, I guess, drainage or or absorption, uh, you will get a tax. So concrete, any like concrete patios, or if you have a lot of roof space, a big building, a big warehouse, for example, something like that, you will pay an extra tax. Now, residential homeowners in this city are apparently going to be on the hook for an average of about $170 extra next year, because the one thing we all want is more taxes. But beyond that, Farmers are being are, well, they're outraged right now. It's by the sounds of it because farmers have farms. Sometimes they have greenhouses. It's not the same as a warehouse. They have to grow stuff. We live in a cold climate. You need places to store food or to, in the winter to grow food. Yet some farmers around here are saying they are going to be on the hook for new tax bills of as much as $80,000 a year. $80,000 Eighty thousand dollars a year extra because of this new tax. Drew Spolstra is the president of the Ontario Federation of Agriculture. Joins me now, Drew. How are you today?
0: I'm all right, Scott. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, well, listen, I appreciate you doing this. And uh, when I see now, I don't know all that much about farming. I'm <laughs> I'm going to be straight up, not like you, not like the farmers around here. But the one thing I've heard over and over and over is that farming is a tough slog these days. It's not a high, high, high profit industry. It's hard work to make a living. $80,000 is sounding like a substantial hit to farmers.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. There's a, there's a huge potential for uh, an ac- economic burden here in the city of Hamilton with this new stormwater tax uh, placed on farmers, and I'll add rural businesses as well um you know the real problem with the whole thing is that uh, we don't drain into any stormwater management system uh that the city manages and uh in a lot of cases we're actually taking stormwater out of uh you know certain areas that have subdivisions with stormwater management ponds that water is actually draining across uh rural creeks and ditches and a lot of times through some of our farms so the economic uh piece of it is certainly one thing but um uh, you know, there's a, a fair and equitable equitable piece of it too. That uh, when when farmers and rural residences aren't draining into uh, a managed system, that's where we see a problem with it.
1: Okay, so help me out with this, Drew, because it, my thought would be: if I own a farm, first of all, I want rain. But even then, if I do have rain that comes down on the roof of a greenhouse and drops off somewhere, is it not in many cases just going into farmers' fields or other places? It it doesn't seem to me like if you own a farm that this is a problem.
0: So yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, definitely farmers uh, farmers need rain. Uh, rain makes grain, is the saying and and that's certainly something that we rely on as part of our production systems. There are, you've talked about greenhouses and, and they're gonna be one of the, uh, the hardest hit uh, sectors of the industry when it, uh, when it comes to the stormwater management fee because of the size of their buildings and the amount of roof space and impervious, impervious space on their properties. Um, in a lot of cases, those uh, facilities are collecting a lot of rainwater so uh, to use, to, to water the crops and whatnot in the, in the greenhouse. So, um, you know, certainly we are looking at the green space aspect and, and what can be done in terms of this uh, stormwater management fee, but uh, ultimately what we're seeking is a complete exemption for farmers mm. and rural properties.
1: And if you, if farmers are collecting some of this stormwater to help with their irrigation, is that not then taking a load off the water supply? I mean, you're actually helping ultimately, are you not?
0: yep absolutely we are and uh you know i i think the consultant in this case is starting to recognize that a little bit but uh so far in terms of an incentive program they're only offering us up to 50 percent and uh you know in a lot of cases like i said before we're we're taking water from other properties that that cross our uh, our proper farm properties and you know we should be seeing uh, up to that hundred percent mark for some of these incentives
1: the city has said, um, and you've alluded to it. The city has said that it will look at this. It's 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 asking staff, I guess, to see if there's any kinds of um, benefit or program or something that would help farmers and, and get them off the hook a little bit for this. But what happens if that doesn't happen? I mean, are is is this for fifty thousand or seventy thousand or eighty thousand for a farmer? Is that enough to put them out of business? Is there a risk that something like this runs them out, or is it just make it much, much more difficult?
0: Well, sure. There's the risk of putting uh, farmers out of business. There's also the risk of, of uh, you know, seeing those farmers leave the municipality. Uh, I mean, you know, puts us at a competitive disadvantage with not only the neighboring county, but uh, you know, other areas within the province, or you know, even uh, into some other states as well. So. Uh, there's other places that uh, aren't charging this tax that uh, are gonna are gonna look more uh, economically viable for farms and and it's uh, pretty tough to justify an expansion of your business here in Hamilton, uh, you know, with that dollar value going back uh, in terms of taxes. So, what we need to look at certainly is uh, is the future of the industry, um, you know, council and 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 staff and residents across Hamilton uh are fairly supportive of agriculture and we appreciate that certainly when it comes to uh, urban urban boundary discussions and things like that but uh this is where the rubber hits the road and and we need to see some more support for the farmers and farm businesses across the city now
1: well the councillor for Flamborough Ted McMeekin has made I think he made an excellent point on this one and he said you know for all the time that council spent talking about not expanding the green belt because we don't want to eat into farmland this is the kind of thing that could chase farmers out of business and undo the very thing that you were trying to do which again it's like you've got to make sure that you're not doing one thing and then undoing it with something else
0: yeah ted's right on the money we've had some conversations about this and and he sits around the table at uh, the agriculture and rural affairs advisory committee in hamilton and and is uh, a good voice of reason on the issue and on agricultural issues as well as the former Minister of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs in Ontario. So.
1: That is Drew Spolstra. He is the President of the Ontario Federation of Agriculture. Drew, I appreciate you taking time to talk about this today. Thank you.
0: Thanks very much. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML.
1: We've talked a lot about money today. That's a money question. We've talked about taxes last hour. We're going to talk about a little more tax right now because... Things are tough right now. There's no question about that. Everybody, almost everybody is feeling the pinch. Life is expensive. And we here in Hamilton are bracing to find out what council is going to do with our municipal taxes. The preliminary number, and you know this, you've heard this number a million times by now. The preliminary number is 14.2% as an increase coming up. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. I believe no councillor wants that, but nobody wants that. But that will be only the beginning of the taxes that you're going to be hit with. We last hour talked about the stormwater runoff tax the city is bringing in. Well, the Canadian Taxpayers Federation has listed some of the other taxes that you can brace for in 2024. And I don't want this hour to be a giant downer, but next few minutes are probably not going to make you feel all that great, I'm going to be honest. Let me read through a few of these, a few of them. It's not really a tax per se, but the Canada Pension, well, it's the Canada Pension Plan tax. Uh, If you earn $68,500 or more in a year, you'll pay an extra $133. Employment insurance tax, workers making about that much will pay an extra $47. The carbon tax is going up on April the 1st. A second carbon tax will be coming in. That will uh, hit the average household as much as $1,100 or almost $1,200 according to the Parliamentary Budget Office. The liquor escalator tax, every year liquor taxes go up automatically on April the 1st. There are other things. We are being taxed and taxed and taxed and taxed and taxed a little bit more. Uh, Canadian Taxpayers Federation Ontario Director Jay Goldberg joins us now. Jay, how are you tonight? Doing well. How are you? I'm okay. I thought you were going to say you were taxed. I thought thought that was the (laughs) answer you were going to give because that would be the, I mean, based on what you guys are writing here, that would be the appropriate response. It seems as though there is just no end
2: to where the taxes end. There really is no end. And, And if you look at the federal level, I mean, you mentioned some of them payroll taxes are going up. Uh, if you make more than $73,000, it's going up by $347. And essentially what we calculated is if you add together the increase in the Canada Pension Plan, the increase in your employment insurance premiums and, and the payroll tax increase, if you're making more than $73,000 a year, your taxes are going up from those three alone by $507 next year. And look, when we, when we hear... That over 50% of households are $200 away from not being able to pay their bills. And I've heard from many of them, you know, give me a call or a text or an email. This is going to be brutal for those families. That tax hike that I just mentioned, $507, that's, you know, more than two times as much as uh, 50% of us are saying we can no longer pay our bills. So it's going to be a very stark beginning to 2024 and you're going to see that on your very first paycheck of the year
1: are the people that you're describing though in that dollar figure of what you're making are they not what we would generally describe as the
2: middle class Mo- many of them are in fact the middle class uh but you know we have canadians 50 percent of canadians say they're 200 away from not being able to pay their bills so that's not just uh those who are making low income those on minimum wage if we're talking half Of Canadians, we're definitely talking about a huge chunk of the middle class, and the middle class is going to get hit as well with all of these federal tax hikes. And of course, we can talk about haven't even mentioned the the carbon taxes, the liquor tax. If you if you're so depressed from hearing all these tax increases, you better go out and Mm. buy your alcohol before the first of April because that's when taxes are going up on that. So it's a whole laundry list. And you know, I was listening to your opening there, and. You know, what we're going to experience in municipalities all across this province next year, but Hamilton's way up there is a brutal municipal property tax increase, and we didn't include those in the report yet because they're not finalized, so we don't like to include preliminary numbers.
1: The reason I mention middle class though is that for years now, almost a decade now, the mantra that has come out of governments has been, we're doing everything for the middle class, and yet it sounds as though yeah, you can make the case that we're trying to do everything for the middle class, but it's the middle class that is now picking up the tab for all this it sounds
2: like that's right. I mean you look you mentioned home prices alone the cost of living uh, in Hamilton and the surrounding areas you know if you want to for example own a home in Hamilton uh, you definitely have to be making more than seventy thousand dollars a year. That's the middle class and those are the folks that are getting the five hundred seven dollar tax hike from the payroll taxes, CPP, EI. And then, you know, you start to talk about the carbon tax. The carbon tax is going to go up again on April 1st from $65 a ton to $80 a ton. That's going to increase the cost of gas by 3.3 cents per liter, bringing the cost of the first carbon tax to 18 cents a liter. We're going to get these clean fuel regulations, which again, will add another 17 cents a liter over the next several years. Uh, And one thing we also have to talk about is home heating. Home heating, you know, we live in Canada. Heating your home, it's not optional, despite what the the federal government seems to to think. They gave an exemption on the carbon tax on home heating to those who have home heating oil, which is only 3% of Ontarians, even though it's dirtier than using natural gas to heat your home. If you use natural gas, the average household this coming winter We'll pay a three hundred dollars carbon tax bill, and that will go up a lot closer to four hundred dollars next year because of the carbon tax hike that's coming on April first. yeah. and and what
1: also gets left out of this, and uh, you guys are not leaving it out, but I mean, it's just the reality is that we as the average people pay this, But farmers and truckers and all the other things that get food and supplies to our stores and to our grocery stores and eventually to our table, they're also being hit with these taxes and they don't absorb those. They always pass those on. So we're also presumably going to see things going up in price again because they have to cover the cost of
2: their tax increases. We will, and you know, there's a bill that made it through the House of Commons without the support of the government, but with the support of opposition parties that would have taken the tax off of fuels on farms that are still being taxed today. And those taxes between now and 2030 represent almost a billion dollars in taxes. But uh, the Senate is blocking the bill from being passed and uh, signed into law on behalf of the government. They're blocking it. And that would provide relief for farmers and that would provide relief for consumers because you're absolutely right. Farmers can't just eat the cost of, of, you know, the fact that it's, more expensive to to grow their food, to, to ship it from the farms to the point of sale. Again, these trucks, uh, diesel trucks that they're having to take from the farm to the point of sale, that is being hit with the carbon tax. So if the farmers are being taxed and the transportation is being taxed, absolutely we're gonna see higher prices. And first and foremost, higher food prices. Food inflation has been higher than the rate of inflation, the normal rate of inflation, for a couple of years now. And a big reason why is this carbon tax. It's inflating the price of food, and it will do it again when we see another increase on April 1st. So if everybody is saying and
1: government is saying that this is all about the middle class and we're seeing now that because of all the spending that governments are doing, it's the middle class that's having to pay more taxes to cover all these costs, why are no governments at any level that I'm seeing looking at chopping stuff to try and get their spending down. So the middle class that ostensibly are supposed to be the ones being helped by all this, but are being caught with the bill, why is nobody bringing spending down so they don't get stuck with this?
2: Well, that's an excellent question. There is, there are so many different places to look at and you know, the Ford government made a frustrating announcement last week. Uh, The Ford, the Ford government actually ordered audits for six municipalities in the GTA. Uh, including they want to do an audit of Hamilton and Brampton uh, and, and Toronto uh, to audit the spending, to see they hired Ernst & Young. They were going to see, you know, where is city spending going? Where can we potentially find savings? They canceled that audit last week and, and in large part from pressures from municipalities. Uh, and so it's incredibly frustrating to see what we need to see at every level of government is a clear analysis line by line of what we are spending and whether or not it's a necessity or a luxury. Because the reality is, and we'll take Hamilton uh, City Hall as an example if they could find even one, two, 3% of the budget where they can cut to find savings, that could shield homeowners from a property tax increase that's in the double digits, which is coming in the pipeline. And so, what we need our politicians to do is to buckle down, to look through the budget, and to make the tough choices. Because if they don't make tough choices, we have to make tough choices. We have to make tough choices when we have to put things on our credit card or line of credit, which is at a tremendous uh, interest rate. We have to make choices in terms of, you know, there's a huge percent of Canadians saying that they're skipping meals. These are very real choices that people are making. And they're having to make it because we're seeing all these cascading tax increases every year. And because governments keep spending and don't know where to stop. We and have a huge deficit at all levels. It needs to be reined in and it's going to be reined in by common sense thinking that those in government just don't seem to have. Well,
1: and here's why I don't think it's ever going to happen. At least, Well, not ever. I don't mean ever. It's not going to happen anytime soon. We are with the federal government as it sits right now, being propped up by the NDP, we could potentially have an election call at almost any time, if the NDP ever pulls their support, this thing falls apart and we go to the polls, we are only going to see, in my estimation, more and more and more government spending because that's what governments do before an election to make sure that people want to vote for them. I don't see any way that we don't see all kinds of new government spending in the next little while rather than cutbacks on government spending.
2: I think there's a good chance you're right there. I mean, part of that is because the Liberals depend on the NDP to stay in power. So it's not only that they want to you know, make promises that maybe the electorate might like, but they also have to satisfy the NDP and announce enough new spending that the NDP is willing to continue to prop them up. But, you know, we are living in a situation now where our, politi- all, our politicians are completely out of touch. And, you know, you, you mentioned the federal level in particular. The deficit is alarming. It's well over $40 billion. That's a heck of a lot of money. We're spending almost $4 billion a month on debt interest. That could build four new hospitals a month in Canada, across the country. We're not doing that because we are paying ridiculous levels uh, on debt interest. And you know it's only gonna cascade going forward. And I think that real change is not gonna come until you have a government that comes into office Uh, Like we saw, for example, with the liberals in the 1990s at the federal level, with the progressive conservatives at the provincial level in the 90s that said, look, we are swimming in debt. It makes no sense to be spending so much of our hard-earned money just to give to bondholders on Bay Street. We need to get control of our finances, and we're not seeing that at the federal level. We're not seeing that at a lesser extent at the provincial level, but we need politicians who are ready to sit down and make tough choices, but I think we might be able to st- start to push our politicians and you might be seeing this in the polls where, you know, voters who perhaps in the past would have been uh, excited about new government spending announcements uh, are, are getting frustrated. And we're seeing, for example, the prime minister's support decline despite Coming up with new spending but that's promises, why, and I think people are trying are starting to see that the game is up. No,
1: but that's why I think uh, it, it's it, the polls are down, Jay. So I think what you're going to see is more and more spending. And this is not a, this is not just a Justin Trudeau situation. All governments, when we get close to an election, they spend. They try to buy your vote. That that's that happens with all stripes of government. This particular one happens to be very low in the polls right now, and so the one thing that it can try to do to pull itself out is find new programs that people who might be inclined or willing to or, or persuaded to vote for them will come their way. I, I just I, I could have very easily imagine enormous spending programs coming up, especially if we do get an election call, especially if the NDP does pull their support. This liberal government, because of the polls, is going to be in such panic that it is going to do everything it can to get you to vote. And that includes a lot of spending. That's my prediction.
2: I think you might be right. I do think, though, that a lot of Canadians are definitely waking up to the fact, and the Bank of Canada has been very clear, the reckless spending from governments is making it more difficult to bring inflation down. It's making the Bank of Canada's job harder. And what that means is we're seeing more interest rate hikes because government is not working with the Bank of Canada to Get inflation under control the feds are increasing spending and so interest rates have to go up further and so the choice that people need to think about then is on the one hand if we're getting more spending and borrowing out of ottawa that means if you have a mortgage your mortgage rates are going up your credit card rates are going up and your line of credit rates are going up borrowing any amount of money you know i i have a friend who lives in hamilton his mortgage has gone up variable rate mortgage by over a thousand dollars a month it. i believe over it. the past couple of years because of what's happened and so despite the fact that the federal government the trudeau government might want to spend and they may very well go ahead and do that i think a lot of canadians are realizing that it's inflationary pressure that's hurting them in so many other ways particularly because of high interest rates and I don't know that all this announced spending, even if they're going to do it out of desperation, is actually going to convince voters to give the Liberals another shot. We will see.
1: We will see. And and we got to run. But here's, here's why I think what I think, because we've already started to see commentary by MPs and commercials. And like online things on Twitter and stuff, talking about how Pierre Pauliev wants to come in and chop stuff. And he, there's a, I saw one today that he wants to cut hundred programs and it's all about austerity. If you're arguing as a government that your opponent who is beating you in the polls wants to cut back on stuff, what is your only position left for you? You've painted yourself into the corner that you will not cut. And you will bring more things to more people. And that costs money. I see no way for them to do anything but spend more based on the position they're taking.
2: I think you very well may be right, but I would uh, think back to the 2018 election here in Ontario. Kathleen Wynne was very close to balancing the budget. She changed her mind in that last year and they spent like drunken sailors and they were beaten very handily at the polls by a political party. They haven't necessarily lived up to it, but by a party that said we're going to get spending under control. And, you know, it could really blow up in the government's face if if they go in that direction. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying it's quite possible. We know that there's negotiations still going on over pharmacare and dental care, might be ramping up, and so you may very well be right. But I do think that. When governments do go too far that way, voters are not afraid to punish them, and so the government should think twice before going down that road. We will hope uh,
1: that there is self-control shown. We will hope uh, that is Jay Goldberg. He is the Ontario director of the Canadian Taxpayer Fe- Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Jay, always appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Thank you.
0: The Scott Radley Show weekday evenings from six to eight on 900 CHML.